What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Greed podcast, broadcast to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name my colleague and co-host Mike Legaris, everybody. Yeah, baby, football's back. What's up, Mike? What's up? What's up, baby? Look, we wanted to hope we wanted to get this episode done a little earlier in the week. We know the big games coming up Monday night. Had a lot going on, guys. Trying to get it to you. This is a Saturday morning, so maybe the next three days people can enjoy it. I'm chopping up with the AEBG crew here because look, this is maybe the most anticipated game. Definitely since 2010, 2011 times, right, Mike? Maybe yep. that last game versus ten, uh, the last game versus Buffalo, 2016. I mean, that had a lot of anticipation. We could have made the playoffs. So maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but at least the most anticipated opening day game. It's a better way to say it, Mike. I think in a long time, for all the reasons we're going to go through momentarily, we're going to talk about this Bills game. We're going to talk about Monday night. Talk about kind of for a second here, Jet fans. If you'll indulge us, just talk about the ride we've been on here. Because kind of doesn't really matter what age you are. This is what the Jets have done to all of us. I'm 42, right, Mike? So I have four decades, 80s, 90s, the 2000s, and then the most recent turn of, you know, success, but a lot of failure along the way, especially these last 13 years, Mike, where the numbers are stark. But guys, I just want to make sure, and I said this to Mike, I said this to all Jet fans with this season we have coming up, we got to enjoy this. Because when you take a look back at the history of the squad, the whole history of our team, because a lot of people might have put things in a historical context, and then you hear other people say, hey, that's that's a hyperbole. Don't exaggerate so much. It's just a normal season. Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. Mike, this is not, this is not a normal season. You know, it's okay to be excited because, Mike, the first 33 years we existed, the Jets, they only made the playoffs seven times. We know 68... <laughs> Only seven yeah. times. We know 68, 69. Sack exchange. Those early 80s, they made it four times, Mike. And then Boomer Science in 91, that squad was able to make the playoffs. That's a long time to only make the playoffs seven times, right? You, you yeah. go all the way up to, and we're going all the way up to 98 when Parcells came in. Mike, once Parcells came in, you know, we had a we had a run of success here. The next 13 years after 98 when we got Bill in here, after the yep. horrible beginning kind of history to our franchise, guys, those next 13 years made the playoffs seven times. So in those 13 years, they equaled the amount of the whole franchise before that, Mike. We know Parcells made it once. Herm made it three times. One time for Mangini. Then, of course, Rex, 2009, 2010. And within that run, Mike, the best run in our history of our franchise. Also, three AFC Championship game appearances. Never got to the Super Bowl, though. That's kind of the two sections of my life of history that's in my mind. Before yeah. I was born, that little chunk when we were negative, the Parcells group, the Parcells time, Mike. And now we got these last 13 years. We got the last 12 or 13 years here since 2011. And this has been kind of back to the 80s, back to the 90s, Mike, when 
Um, it's just been misery. And Jet fans know. I mean, but I kind of think we forget some of the years what happened. We forget 2011 that, excuse me, 2011, yeah, that Sanchez was going to be the starter. He gets injured. Geno Smith has to come in. I mean, everyone's like, I mean, that year was going to maybe go how it goes. Maybe we would have we got a little bit, um, a little bit more. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. He, the next year was June of 2011. We actually were eight and five. That's what I meant to say um, with, with Sanchez. Just the beginning of the misery, guys. 2011, we're eight and five. We lost the last three games of the year to not make the playoffs. 2012 was the Geno Smith year, okay, where we didn't do as bad as you would think. But still, man, Geno comes in, Mike, and um, away we went that year in 2000, um, 2013. 2014, Rex gets fired. He goes four and 12. All right, that's kind of the end of the the very the ship kind of coming down from that Parcells era, Mike. Right. Probably 2014, 2015, 10 and six. You know we have that run. We lose the last game of the season though, because we're the Jets, and that's how it has to go. And then yep. Mike, we go into this most recent era of just complete trash. Five and 11, 2016. Five and 11, 2017. We know how both those years went. Um, 2018, Sam Darnold seeing goals. This, this is the year that Bulls got fired. 4-12 and 12 that year. We draft Sam. The ghosts come out. More misery for Jet fans. The next year, we hire Adam Gase. And even though we go 7-9, and nine, um, we kind of know the end of the year kind of had some easy wins there. You didn't feel any positive vibes going into the next year where mono. we started off. Mono, exactly. We, that started off on a bad note. The next year, we go into that season, Mike, and we go 0-13. That season, one of the worst seasons in the history of Jet franchise history. Um... You know, it was the worst since 96, since Rich Kotite when we were 1-15, and 2-14 and 14 that year. And the second worst season in the history of our team in 63 years, Adam Gase led us to. And then we know guys after that, 4-13, 7-10 last year. And who knows what will be this year. But the bigger part, Mike, as opposed to the misery, as opposed to going through kind of all the negative aspects, Mike, which we all know and we've detailed. And I just wanted to put in perspective for Jets fans that this year is going to be different. Mike, along the way, especially 2019, 20, 21, and then last year, Joe Douglas has been building up a pretty good team. Now, I know everyone looks at it and says, oh, last year's draft and Aaron Rodgers coming in. They just think that's it. That's kind of how they see the team. He's done. That's what Joe Douglas has done to build the team. The record hasn't been good before that. But, Mike, if you go through since 2019, even after, we know it was weird. He got hired after they fired McCaffrey. So, and so far as our team goes and team building, Mike, we started this this roster we have now. This team, people could think of win the Super Bowl, Mike. It really started in 2019, and we got to give a little bit of credit, Mike. I just want to hear what you got to think. Just one little bit of credit to Mike McCagnan for grabbing Quinnen Williams, number three overall. Some people forget Joe Douglas didn't draft him. But grabbing Quinnen, when we go through this list I'm about to go through of all our starters and how we formed this team, Mike, over the last two or three years, and I'm going to go through it quick, guys. Don't worry. But it started with Quinnen Williams, Mike. Yes, it did. That was the first of the building blocks, really, putting this new team that we're looking at together. Uh, it was McCagnan's best decision. It was yeah. pretty much his last decision regarding <laughs> the, the draft. I mean, it was the first pick of the draft, of his final draft. But uh, yeah, um, that really started the ball rolling. And I think you're going to go through in detail the moves that JD uh, took place. And also, I yes. want to say one other thing. Yes, McCagnan did have that input, but a lot of people don't want to admit this, but uh, we could thank um, Adam Gase for basically starting this whole thing off because he's the one that got JD in the building. So, right, well, that's fair. I didn't know where you were going with that for a second. I was like, hold on, bro. 
because I want to. I, we bashed Adam Gase a lot. He's the worst coach of all time. But him kind of being such a douche that he pushes Mike McCagnan out the door to work with his own guy. The own guy happened to be Joe Douglas. Okay, that did help us because, like we said, Mike Quinn Williams started it. That wasn't a Joe Douglas decision. But all these decisions after this, for instance, in 2019, off waivers, they get Jonathan Franklin Myers. Boom. That's one of the best players on the defense. That's a Joe Douglas move right there. Now, I know Mike McCagney, you're also signed Cheese 8 Mosley. Um, but look, they got JFM on waivers. He kind of started the run there, but we added three starters just that year. We got CJ Mosley, we got JFM, um, we got Quinny Williams. You go in 2020, and, you know, he signed Connor McGovern, a solid center. He's our starter this year. So a starter there. He drafted Becton. And we know that's been up and down. All right, guys, he's going to start at right tackle now. Has a lot to prove. As of this conversation right now, that's two starters right there from 2020 still on the team um, that he drafted and then signed. But also, I think the biggest move, Mike, aside from at the end of that year, firing Adam Gase, would, of course, be the trade of Jamal Adams. I oh. think 2020, when we go through a couple of these moves here to kind of form the squad we have, guys, one of the biggest moves in all of it, in this whole mixture here, was this trade. Getting that first 2021, getting that first 2022, they become ABT, they become Gary Wilson. We'll get to those guys in a minute. But, Mike, I know Becton drafting him. The rest of that draft is a disaster. We, we know, Mike. Becton could still be something. All right, we'll see. He looked good. He, I think he's going to be good this year right now. I have a feeling he's going to play well. Um, they signed McGovern. But the biggest move that year, Mike, was the trade of Jamal Adams. By oh, Jamal yeah. Adams. No, no question. No question about it. I mean, he did draft Ashton Davis, who still is on the team. He did draft Bryce Hall, who is a cornerback whose depth. Both the two people I just mentioned are really depth uh, players. But if Makai can stay healthy, then he really salvages JD's first trip around uh, around the farm with, uh, you know, his draft. So um, like 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 Keith said, and I did forget that uh, McCagnan did bring in CJ Mosley. So that was the other major piece uh, that McCagnan kind of left us with, like Keith mentioned. So I think the JFM pickup on waivers was huge. Obviously, he's going to be part of this defensive line unit that we're going to be moving through. And then, like you said, in that first year, the trade of Jamal Adams really was the major uh, decision that JD made um, that helped us moving forward. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like the foundational pieces of our team, we got off a disgruntled player that we traded away and then I know he had nine sacks that one year. That's great. But he's not a linebacker. He's not a defensive end. Mike, he doesn't cover anyone. And he's kind of fallen off the map when it comes to elite players in the NFL. And we got Garrett Wilson. We got ABT. So even way back as 2020 goes, we're putting things in place here, Joe Douglas, that are coming to fruition now and blossoming and helping our team. All right. We know the biggest piece came um, kind of the head pool by the squad right now. We'll get to him in a moment. But 2021, look, I know, Mike, this is the following year. Zach Wilson hasn't panned out. Okay. We're going to see what happens with Zach. We still got Zach on the bench. We're going to let him learn behind Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. We kind of put him on pause for a second. But if you do go through the rest of the draft, now I might have been down on him, but Michael Carter's still on the squad. He's by our, our he's by our RB3 right now, right? We still got Michael Carter there. Eccles was our best cornerback on the team in the preseason. Oh, he's great. He's, gonna, he's, gonna be and he's a great player, and he's a great death piece to our secondary guys. Um, If you've been following what he's doing, I know we drafted Elijah Moore, shipped him out to get a second round pick, which we used to get Aaron Rodgers. Guys, yes, um, and, Joe and, Douglas also. Yeah. No, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, no, yeah, we used yes, and that ended up being the Tipman uh, pick. Yeah. So, and also, Mike, that same year, obviously they drafted ABT. I mean, that's a foundational piece. That's one of the that's one off the Jamal Adams trade. Joe Douglas off of waivers, as a not just with those draft picks off of waivers, he grabs Quincy Williams, 
who now has started for us that year in the last couple years. So he's been a really good player. Another starter for us, Joe Douglas got off waivers. So you're looking at four guys added, Lawson as well, Carl Lawson, we signed in the offseason, couldn't play that year. Didn't play in 2022. We know he messed his Achilles up. But we did sign Lawson. We got Quincy Williams off of waivers. We drafted ABT. We drafted Jamie and Sherwood, who's a starting weak side linebacker. Guys, even these little pieces you look at. Good job. Like a, oh, That's we good. Every year putting guys in place. And they added three starters 2019, a couple in 2020, but the big trade to get picks in here. Four in 2021. And then 2022 comes, which was the game-changing year for the squad, which was last year. And I think everybody knows, look, we we added Reed, we added Tomlinson, we added Conklin, we added Whitehead, we added Zerline. We forget about adding Dwayne Brown because it was late in the year. That's six starters we added to the team off free agency. That does not happen a lot. It's not easy to do that. I'm not saying our it, – it, sometimes that could be a sign that your roster wasn't that good to begin with. Totally get that, Mike, you know. But that, that six guys like that that are all – especially G.J. Reed. Tomlinson, we're looking for him to improve this year. But G.J. Reed and Conklin – for what they signed them for and the way they played in the talent. I mean, no, those are those are great signings right there, Mike. And then we, we know with the draft, the draft was just a home run. We had the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. Um, we had Sauce, we had Garrett, we have Jermaine Johnson, we have Brees Hall. All of those guys are starters or starter level players. Jermaine Johnson um, could start on many teams, but the Jets are going to have a rotation at defensive end, Mike, as you know. And then they also got Max Mitchell. They got Clemens in here. We'll see what happens with Ruckert. Um, and one of the other, not just not just with the free agency, Mike, and not just with the draft, did they help the team there? They added ten starters between the draft and free agency. That's half the half the starters on the team right now were added last year. They also traded Elijah Moore, like we mentioned, and got the pick. They traded him out of here. Jamal Adams, Elijah Moore. There's a theme here. You don't want to be Donald. here. Sam Darnold. Now, now, Sam wasn't disgruntled. I don't. He didn't go in the media like Elijah Moore did, and like the way Jamal Adams did. But still, to the same to the same effect, he was a player that the Jets knew wouldn't have value here. They got rid of him. The other two players had something to say, got rid of him. And all of those moves have helped us. Yeah. Every single one of those moves has helped the Jets. And then we come into this year, where we kind of put the final pieces of the puzzle together, Mike, hopefully for us. And we know the big one. We know the big guy. The biggest move of all, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're talking about adding oh, a starter. Man. You're talking about it in a top level, top one percenter of the top one percent. At quarterback, that's what we got now. Right, and, we and, added that, our... and, and guys, that that not that move not is was not just for this season. That move potentially changes the course of the franchise moving forward. Yep. The brand, yep. the how we work, the the training, the mindset. That move that Keith just said, you know, uh, you got to give Joe JD credit. You got to give the organization credit because they knew the person that they wanted to get. Okay, and they stuck to it. They didn't get scared. Yep. They didn't move away. They went, said, we want Aaron Rodgers, and they got him. Credit to the New York yep. Jet front office, to the ownership, everyone staying aligned and getting the guy that they wanted. And credit to Aaron Rodgers for seeing the Jets and saying, this is perfect for me. Because right now, knock on wood, everything is everything's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. Biggest signing, free agent signing in the history of the team, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we don't have to, we've talked about it for six months. Excuse me, six months, every Jet fan knows. Um, there's nothing you can add to the team that we needed more than a real legit quarterback. And we didn't just get a legit quarterback. We got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, guys. So that's going to obviously take the squad to that level. We're just going through the roster. They also added Quentin Jefferson. He's going to be starting at D-tackle um, for agent. They added our number two receiver, Alan Lazard. They added our number three receiver, McCole Hardman. They added our punter, uh, Morstead. I don't think lost in the sauce a little bit, but that's five starters right there. Just off for agency. 
And then when you look at the draft, a little bit different than the previous year, but Will McDonald looks like a terror at defensive end. And like he's going to be an absolute problem for the entire NFL for years to come. All right. So he maybe he's not a starter, but this dude on many teams would be playing every snap already every game. Just the Jets are stacked at defensive end when you look at what we have. We just went through some of the guys already. Joe Tipman looks great, Mike. He's going to be able to sit, sit behind McGovern, learn. If we need him for depth, even at guard, we can play him. That's a tremendous draft pick. Izzy, Abanaconda. Me and you loved him out of Pittsburgh. We talked about him on the show. He looks so good in the preseason. One of the most fun running backs to watch in the whole league in the preseason. People saying he didn't have finesse or moves. All I saw was moves. I'm like, what are you, these spinning, he's juking dudes. I'm like, what are you guys watching? This guy's awesome. Um, And then Zaire Barnes made the team. He might have a big role. He might end up playing weak side linebacker. So even this year with the rookies, I'm not, it's not the same type of draft as last year. I don't think anyone was expecting it to be with the, the picks we traded away, Mike. But even with the draft this year, it looks like we added some value in the draft. The free agents we added, you know, Aaron Rodgers aside, that's, that's a no-brainer. Well, that was a trade, I shouldn't say. That was a trade, Aaron Rodgers. But adding Aaron Rodgers in the mix along with the free agents. Guys, that's how every starter we have on the team right now. Has ended. I just went through how every starter we have has ended up on the team yep. from 2019 till this year. And it's all besides CJ Mosley and besides Quentin Williams, every move is a pretty shrewd move by our boy Joe Douglas. Yeah, um, right. put us in a good spot. And if you go look right now, I went through all the players we got and all the talent we got and how he's done it. You go look right now at the NFL salary cap space, Jets are fifth or sixth. I mean, they're still even like. God forbid something happens. Like you normally don't manage your team, and this is all this all has to do with Aaron Rodgers and giving the money back. So I mean, let's just acknowledge that right away, Mike. But most teams are in a spot where they have all these players and all this talent they've built up with the past whereas they just re-signed Quinnen to a chunk and they still got money. So you want to talk about managing your team well. Uh they're not financially capped, strapped at all going into next year. And this roster looks great. Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. So man, I just I want to just give some perspective of all the negative past 13 years, Mike, and the history kind of we have, and then what we've done these past four or five years to put us in this place. Because this team and this roster, people bring up 98, Mike. Um, excuse me, they bring up 99 after 98 when we had that great year 12 and 4. Because going into 98, no one thought the Jets were going to be 12 and 4. No matter what anyone says. People thought the Jets would be good. No 12 and 4 AFC Championship game. That was one of the best teams we've ever had. Um, 2010, uh, with Rex, I think, going into that year, I know we went 11 and 5. With Sanchez at the quarterback, though, I never felt with him at the quarterback or when Vinny was cute or even some of those good years with Chadwick when we had Herm. I never felt like, man, we got the elite quarterback that's going to take us all the way. I always thought Chad was great. I always thought that um, Vinny was good, too, when he was on the Jets. I never thought that with Sanchez, as you know. This is this is why this is different. People bring up other years. They bring up the past, 98, 99, and the Herm years and some of the early 80s years. Even Ken O'Brien was a good quarterback. Um but this is different. This is the team that could have the best defense in the league that last year had the fourth highest ranked defense in the league and we're only better now. And we've added Aaron Rodgers. Like how many how many teams get an Aaron Rodgers on their team in their whole franchise history? That doesn't happen a lot. I mean, our one Hall of Fame quarterback is Joe Namath. He played in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, guys. It's been a while. It's been a while for us, right? It's been a while since we had a savage top-level quarterback in this league running our team. I don't want to hear about Brett Favre. I don't want to hear He did 22 interceptions that year. I don't want to hear about it. Okay, Brett Favre was nowhere near the level Aaron Rodgers is at right now. I know the next year he played decent on the Vikings. Then his second year in the Vikings, he went back to being Brett Favre. Mike, but this year that we're coming up to, this game, Monday, we're about to get into, I just want everyone to just enjoy the ride. No matter if you're 10 years old, understand this might not happen again. I'm 42. I've been waiting. You know, if you're 20, 
take these next couple of years, enjoy them. It could be a while till you have it like this again, where you so many people are so excited about your team. And it seems like you got all these boxes checked that good teams have checked. We don't know what that feels like. So going into a year with people thinking the Jets are going to be good. You know, me and Mike, we're in Pittsburgh. And Mike, what happened to us? How many people in Pittsburgh said to me and you, hey, man, the Jets are going to be good this year. Me and you were like, what? Like strangers. Just strangers. Browns fans coming up to me and Mike telling them, man, the Jets. And we're like, what the? We don't know what that feels like. So take that feeling and enjoy it is what I'm saying, guys. Because I've been waiting a long time for Mike. I know you have as well. Yeah, no, that was eloquently put. I completely agree. Enjoy every moment of this. I really love how you went through the roster and how it was constructed. You know, if you take the roster and you compare it up against the Buffalo Bills, which I'm sure this is what we're going to be doing next, is previewing the Monday night football game coming up. You know, high level, you can say, okay, quarterbacks are about even. You can say that. You want to say Josh is better by by a little bit. That's fine. You look at the receivers, you want to say Stefan Diggs is better than uh, Garrett Wilson. Okay, I'm not going to hit you on that, right? If you want to go ahead and say that the Buffalo Bills overall defense is as good as the Jets, oh, I I will even give you that uh, from a starter's perspective. But when you look at the full roster, right? The Jets have so much depth and youth. The team, the New York Jet roster is better than the Buffalo Bill roster. I am sorry if you look at the receiver position. We don't really have a number two, if you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? But we have a ton of really good threes. Really good threes, right? Like, that could be twos potentially you know what i'm saying and i'm going to ask you some questions about that here after we you know we go through the preview so um um when you go look at our defensive line right i mean there are three four five weapons on the side that really can get after the quarterback and then we have quinnon up in the middle i mean that defensive line yeah you know you you go look at you look at the secondary, like you said, Eccles. You got obviously Sauce and Reed. You know, so up and down. You look at this roster, and I, I honestly believe that the Jets have a better roster than the Buffalo Bills. It's 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 just it just is. I think you if you want to say that the the safeties for the Bills are way better than ours, absolutely. Milano, yeah. um, Poyer, yes, I get it. But outside of that group, defensively, what? Von Miller's not playing. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so look, thinking of that um, and saying that, Keith, here's where my head is for Monday. I feel like I'm not afraid of, of Josh Allen and throwing on the outside to Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. That doesn't concern me because I feel like our cornerbacks are going to lock up their receivers on the outside. I feel like where we may be vulnerable is up the middle the tight ends josh allen running right and this goes yeah. after really our our safety our linebackers making sure that we get that contained um if josh allen is able to run the ball elusively and hit targets like kincaid and dawson knox um we may have some issues but if we could contain that i i think we're gonna i think we, that's the formula for beating this team. No team locked up Josh Allen better than the New York Jets last year. And to your point and what you said, we only got better. 
Okay. And that that's my offensive perspective. My defense, my, uh, uh, excuse me. That's my defense perspective. Offensively, you know, I, like we talked about those safeties are elite, right? I feel like if Aaron Rodgers, we, we, uh, run the ball and, and, and build our game off running the ball, controlling the clock and let Aaron Rodgers hit Garrett on the outside and just test those those cornerbacks stay away yeah. from the, to the middle of the field just stay on the outside take your your five yard your eight yard gains right don't go anything crazy you could take a couple of shots deep you know and get to that gold zone like Hackett says um hitting Lazard I think that's our formula let's rush with Brees let's rush with Dalvin I think Dalvin's gonna have a monster game on Monday night okay. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that that's the guy I think who's gonna go off <laughs> And I and I feel like uh, Aaron will take then advantage of the run game moving forward. That's my two perspectives defensively and offensively. What do you what do you think? Oh no, I like it. I like. I mean, I agree with most of what you said. I don't know if I agree with Dalvin Cook having a huge game just from the fact that I mean that's one of the best run defenses in the league. One of the things the Bills do well, um, and look, the Jets have a better defensive line, I think, and better defensive line depth than the Bills, but. Oliver and Rousseau and Daquan Jones and these guys, that, that's, that's a really good defensive line. And yeah. they're really good against the run. Um, yeah. Milano's a great a great linebacker. So Michael Hyde is just a safety. I mean, they they're they have good players at each level. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I I don't know if I think Dalvin Cook, and I have him in fantasy, so I hope he kills it, Mike. But uh I don't know if Dalvin Cook's gonna have a great game. But I will say this: the the best time I think for the Bills, like this schedule works out. This is more favorable to play the Jets early in the season for the Bills than it is for us, and this is why. Defenses are normally ahead of offenses when the season starts. Yep. Um, usually offenses don't get going to be the first month, and that's just how it's always been, right? But I think the Jets, with a new quarterback and this new system, and they don't really have a lot of continuity yet. On the offensive line, when we play Monday night, we'll have never played a game together, right, that's Mike? Right. So um, Dwayne Brown, is, as of now, I guess he's playing. We don't know 100%. So there's so much uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to take a minute. And the only way they could be effective, they're going to have to be able to run the ball, Mike, like you said. So I think since... The offenses take a minute to catch up. When you look at the two offenses, the Bills have all been together now. The, the same offenses last year, just James Cook is the main running back now. So I think they have an advantage in that sense. But that said, last year, and Mike Mike alluded to this, let's look at some numbers from last year. Because that first game when we took a dub, when we took a W versus the Bills, Josh Allen was 16 for 27, 59%, um, 147 yards, and he had... Uh, excuse me, the first game, um, he was 18 for 34, which is 52%, 205 yards, 46 QB rating. He threw two interceptions. He got sacked five times. We destroyed him that day. Josh Allen was garbage. He ran the ball a lot, and Mike said this, and this is the only way he's been effective against the Jets. The only way he was effective against the Jets last year, Josh Allen was running the ball. Because the game we whooped them, he had about 90 yards rushing. Couldn't pass the ball for much, guys. And then you look at the second game, he only threw for 147 yards. In the second, and they won the game 20 to 12 because our offense was garbage central. Mike, but in the game they won, he was 16 for 27 for 147 yards. He got sacked three times still. He rushed for 47. Even the game they won, he did not play good, everybody. So Mike's not Mike's not lying. He has not played that great against the Jets historically. But last year, he didn't do anything against the Jets because we shut down the outside. He had to run the ball a lot. Yeah. That's what that's where you probably that's where he would probably find success. Um, I don't know really okay. if James Cook or Damian Harris we have to worry about in the run game. Like they'll they'll get their carries. They have to do with the Bills to keep the Jets honest. I totally get it. Um, I'm not too worried about those guys. We know Diggs is a beast, guys. In the first game versus the Jets, he had 93 yards. Most of them were on one big play. You know what happened the second time? 
when Sauce lined up against him, three catches, 35 yards. He did nothing. That's the game they won. If you go back and look at the game they won, they did nothing on offense, right? We just had no offense ourselves, and they had the ball right. the entire game, right? Right. So right. when we look at the team and you stack rosters, like Mike said, um, I'm not like some big Gabe Davis fan, but I know maybe Lazard and Hardman are not people people are saying are elite receivers in the league. Don't get me wrong. Right. But an amalgamation to me of those two guys is better than what the Bills have after Jigs, to me Absolutely. at least. Um, and I know Kid Cade could be a tremendous prospect at tight end. Don't get me wrong. But if you watch the Jet games last year, Tyler Conklin is good. He's a good tight end. When he gets the ball, he gets yards after the catch. He's smashing people. He does not drop passes. He's, he's very consistent. Um, I'm a big fan of him. So I don't know, man. When you look at the teams, Mike, and you stack it up, I think, I mean, last year, Bills had the number six defense. Jets had number four defense. Defenses are pretty pretty close together. The difference is I think they've lost some pieces and Von Miller's not playing. We've added pieces. So I think we're better. Last year, their offense was number two, though. We were 25. Um, so you can't really look at last year's offense because our offense this year is nothing like it was last year. And hopefully we have Breesaw healthy the whole year. Um, I think the key to the game, though, will be, and this is kind of a no-brainer, Mike, it's just this offensive line. That's if right. the offensive line just plays average, all Aaron Rodgers needs you to do to be successful, just play average. You know, if, if he's just like any other quarterback, Mike, if they're after him all game, it's going to be a long night. The Bills get after the quarterback. Um, and if the offensive line also struggles, then they can't run the ball. So everything to me is on the shoulders of these guys. I think Hardman and Lazard will probably have a good game. Cobb, I bet you Cobb will have some big catches because he has so much familiarity with Rodgers. I could see him this year being a guy, Mike, maybe only has 30 catches, but a lot of big first down catches for Cobb. Hopefully Cook can get the ball going. I know Brees Hall is playing. We're going to see him out there. Um, but the whole game, to me, uh, what I'm going to be looking at the most, we already know, I think, that the Bills the Bills aren't going to come in here. And I, I hate when I hear this because people act like the Bills are the Chiefs or they are the most elite team. And they, Guys, we got to remember, the Bills have won nothing. They've won the AFC East. They haven't won an AFC Championship. They haven't been to the Super Bowl. And people look at this team like, oh, man, Josh Allen, and they have all these guys, and they're so good, and they're this and they're that. We beat them with Zach Wilson. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, there's no reason anybody should look at that team or this game as any other scenario than that. We're playing a team that's our equal, that maybe at this point has a little more continuity than us. So it's a good time for them to play us. But we're just as good as them now. We have a roster that's just right. as good as them. Our coach, our coach is on it. Our quarterback is on it. We're, we have everything we need now. Maybe offensive line is, is a work in progress. Don't get me wrong. Maybe not everything we need. We got to figure out the line. And their offensive line probably is better than ours, Mike. I'm not, I'm not going to even debate that, okay? But the Bills are not the Chiefs. They're not a juggernaut. This is not the, this is not the late 80s Niners. People talk about them like, oh, man, the Bills, though. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, they don't look that great to me. Josh Allen last year without Dayball last year was so much more inconsistent than the previous two years. That's right. He's not as good a quarterback. His stats were great. But if you watch the game, I think his quarterback rating was like a 92 or something, which I would love for that. I would love not to be the quarterback ring of the Jets, but Joe, it went down like 30 points from the year before. We're acting like it's not happening. We act like Josh Allen is freaking MVP candidate lockdown. He gets into big games. What does Josh Allen do, Mike? Yeah, you see I... him panic. And yeah. he had a great game versus the Chiefs. That game was legendary. I've also seen him lateral a ball to a referee. I've seen him versus the Jets last year. We put pressure on him. He didn't know where to go with the ball. He's throwing balls into the sideline. He's throwing balls to the Jets. I mean, why do we act like this team is like a juggernaut? Their team is it, good. And Mike, their team is good in comparison to the NFL teams because most NFL teams are not that good. 
It's, this is not this is not a great team to me. It's the narrative. It's Josh Allen's brand. When he came on the scene, he was the new sparkly thing, and he can run, and he had a cannon of an arm, and that that alone just shined a bright thing on the Bills. The Bills made the playoffs, and now they're the super team because of the young, new 17 quarterback, whatever. That's just how things are. So this game on Monday night is a narrative setter for the season. That's why this is so important for so many different reasons, division, game, all that. So if you don't mind, Keith, there are a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Yeah, what's up? Um, me personally to you and I and 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 uh would love to hear. So what is your prediction for Monday night? I think that even though I said this is a good time for the Jets to play the Bills and all that type of stuff, I think Monday night that place is gonna be the level of insanity in that place from Jet fans, pent up anger and just complete um, love of this team and wanting something good to root for, for so long, all of us. And we finally have it and it's right in front of us. And we're going against the team. Me personally, I'm not trying to speak for all the Jet fans. I hate the most on the planet of Earth. <laughs> um, there's, there's an added, Aaron Rodgers is big into these things, right? There's that added energy they're gonna get, bro. I know they're two and a half point underdogs. I know the Bills, this team's been together for a while. Um, I think the Jets are going to take a dub. And I think it's going to be not, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I do see us walking out with a win, Mike. If I had to say a score, I would say something like 27, 21, 27, 24, something like that. They're going to, the Bills are going to score. Um, Josh Allen with his leg is going to move the chains. They're going to get some touchdowns. But I think we're going to do the same thing. The Bills defense is good. It's not great. I think you can, you, you saw last year, you, it's hard to run the ball on them, but you can pass the ball on them. We just couldn't pass the ball last year. That was our point can't pass. And now we have a guy who's the best at that. You know, so the thing that they don't do the best, their safeties are good, Mike, but they're not, they're not, they don't have sauce on DJ Reed at corner. They're not locking anybody down. So I think and another guy as the year goes on, I'm just gonna throw this in so on record as the year goes. I think Xavier Gibson might emerge, Mike, because Lazard has a specific skill set. And then, you know, I think McCall Harmon's shifty with the skill set, oh, but I think man. Gibson, I think Gibson's a guy, because they're going to be looking for a real number two. You're getting into my questions, man. You're already oh, getting into what answers. <laughs> what I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I love, you know, you, it's so crazy you said that, because that's it was the same thoughts that I was feeling too, man. Hey, you see uh, Thomas over here says 31-21 Jets win. Oh, let's go. Uh, I'll take a 10 point though. Guys, my prediction, uh, if the offensive line does what it does, if Aaron Rodgers uh, is it what we think he is, uh, I think this is 31-13. I think this is a beat down. We already you, beat you them and- last year. We already beat them last year. Like, I look at it just straight up. Like, you didn't do crap against us last year, right? We only got better. And now we have Aaron Rodgers. I look at this team. It's 9-11. Okay, 9-11. In New York, okay, on Monday Night Football, in front of the whole nation, and you know everybody has been wanting to see, you know, oh the Jets got a target on their back. They've been the the darlings of the preseason and everything. Everybody wants to see them fail, and this team has now the right mentality. The coach, the the quarterback, the leader in the room. These young kids are like f the the same old Jets. Like we're they're hungry. I've watched and seen this team over the summer. I think they're going to go out there and they're going to make a statement and be like, we are here. We are here. And let's now, I'm not saying like they're going to the Super Bowl or anything, guys, but I think they're coming out swinging and I think they're going to, they're going to beat them. Like, I mean, fucking beat them. Excuse my language. 
So well, I like you and, so, and thank you, Thomas, for tuning in and riding with us. Uh, you and Thomas both coming just putting up 31 points. I mean, that would be that would be lovely on the first game with Aaron Rodgers. That means they're already clicking. You know, that means they're already rolling if they're putting 31 up, man. But either way, all of us, I think most Jets fans do feel confident about a W. I mean, I don't remember any time in the past. Uh, Mike, I don't remember any time since we started doing this show, which is Darnold's first year, that we were rolled in and just at any point we're like super confident you know for wins we would predict wins right. and feel like we would feel like we could maybe do it right but not oh no we're taking this win like we got this um right. especially for something like the bills and i think a lot of Japanese right. i've spoken to have, have had the same sentiment as you um where they see, see the same thing that our, like, you know allen didn't really play that great against the jets last and, year and we were able to get a win with wilson look that that was last year this is this year different circumstances i totally understand that um, it's going to take a little while for the offense to be rocking at 100%. But would you rather have a new offensive coordinator with Zach Wilson trying to figure it out in the first month or have a new off offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers, who already has um, that second hand with Hackett? You know, they're like best friends. So maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm over maybe I'm overstating how much it'll take a while for the offense to click. Maybe it'll be more of the other players getting it than Aaron Rodgers might. I shouldn't really put on yeah. Rodgers. He'll probably be fine. And and real quick, just to, before I leave this point, ask the next question. Um, uh, I was listening to Bills Mafia Spaces on Twitter, just hearing what they've got to say, and you know, there's sentiment that they're you know they're going to fall off a little this year and things. But the main points were, we think we're better. Why do you think you're better? Well, now we think James Cook is going to take off as a running back, and we think Dalton Kincaid is going to open up the passing game. That's there. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm communicating to you what Bills fans are mentally telling themselves. So they're telling themselves a rookie tight end, which historically never does anything. If you know, you yeah. know, you can go back to the, all the great tight ends. They don't do anything in their rookie season that's really of note. So they're banking their hopes on a rookie tight end and a running back that did squat last year. That's what you that's the difference now, right, guys? You 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 know. You lost some linebackers, right? You lost some people on defense, right? You, your second year going in after a day ball left and your hopes and dreams are that a rookie tight end and the running back are gonna make you guys elite. Okay, I I, I love it, I love it. Um, so next question, Keith, the defensive line. Yeah. Defensive line, we're super. That's the thing I'm the most excited about. You know, obviously outside of Rodgers and everything like that, I, I can't wait for the defensive line. The sack record for the New York Jet franchise is 66, made in 1981. Will the 2023 yeah. New York Jets beat that? That's tough, bro. 66 sacks is a lot. Um, I'm trying to think in my head if that's possible. I mean, Quinn had 12 last year. What they'll need is. I mean, that's that's. A, I don't think they're gonna break that record, Mike. That's okay. tough. That's gonna be tough to get to. I'm I'm not gonna even front. That's a lot of sacks, bro. I think what about forty? Sack exchange was real, brother. I know. <laughs> I mean, if you have guys like Klecko and Gastineau each kind of getting twenty on their own, almost. Um, I don't know if we have that other guy. I don't know if we have, we have anybody getting twenty sacks because I think the collectively, who knows? But I know no individual probably will get there, Mike, just because of the rotation we play on the defensive line. I don't think anyone's gonna play enough to do that. Quinnen will probably play the most snaps. Get 12 sacks last year. He's a defensive tackle, though. He's kind of a wild card. Say we have two, say this year pops off and we have two defensive ends getting after it. Say Lawson goes for 15, like he, he says he wants to do, Mike. And uh, Jermaine Johnson and McDonald, uh, you know, uh, combination of them gets 15. That's 30 right there. If Quentin gets his 10 to 12, 
people sleep on Quentin Jefferson, who we signed a defensive tackle. He's he's a good defensive tackle against the run, but he's really, really good at pass rushing, uh, which doesn't happen a lot with D tackles. He had, I think he had seven, six or seven sacks last year, Jefferson. So there's a lot of guys that can get sacks. Bryce Huff had a sack every game in the preseason. That's right. Like, uh, Michael Clemens last year had three or four sacks and is the scariest human being in the world. When you see him on hard knocks, like everyone's scared of him. Like, like a veterans are walking on the other side of the hallway from that guy. So there's a lot of guys that get after the quarterback. Um, I think 66 is hard to get to, though, Mike. I think they're going to come up just short of that. Will Jermaine Johnson have a breakout season up plus or minus uh, 10 sacks for him? So do you think he'll get more than 10 or less than 10? Will he break out this season? Yeah, I do. From everything you read before the season started and from everything I know about him, I don't know if you guys watch. There's a show on Netflix called Last Chance You. I've mentioned this to Mike. Um, it's a show about players that kind of go to these top-level community college football programs for a year then come back to D1. Say you got in, say you got in trouble off the field and you had a full ride to Alabama. Obviously, now your, your scholarship's canceled. Um, and then you can try to come back. So he was on that show, Jermaine Johnson. I saw him on that show. Start from the bottom. Have to grind again to get back to D1, to get to FSU, to get that sap record that he had in there and do everything. So that's the type of dude that you see, and I heard, you see his quotes and everything. Um, he didn't do much last year, but had a lot of hype, we know. But, and he played well when he was in there. He's part of the rotation. But that's a guy I think is going to be really, really, really good. I think him and McDonald are going to be our defensive ends for a really long time, Mike. And I could definitely see Jermaine Johnson have a breakout this year. I always, when it comes to double-digit sacks, it's hard to say just because we don't know what the defensive rotation is going to be because we have so many guys. Um, when you look at the defensive line, even when you just look at defensive end, Lawson, McDonough, Jermaine Johnson, they all play the same side of the field. Um, Jonathan Franklin Myers is on the other side. So there's a ton of guys. There's a ton of dudes we have playing the same position. The only thing I think that would stop him from getting double-digit sacks, Mike, is just not enough playing time. Okay. Will C.J. Mosley continue as a Pro Bowl middle linebacker, or will he start? Will we start to see his decline this season? Bro, we've asked, and so far as his tenure on the Jets, if you go look back, his best years of his career are on our team. I know that. Now his the best teams he were the best teams he played on with the Ravens. Obviously, right? Absolutely. But if you go look at his and, and now we ask him to do a lot with the type of defense we're running, right? When you're a middle linebacker with three four with the type of uh line type of defense we're running, he has to do a lot, get a lot of tackles. And with the Jets, he has been a machine. Like I don't see any reason to think he'll take a step back, especially you think he had it's not like he's what well, I think Mosley. How old is Mosley, Mike? I think he's um, oh, 29. Yeah. I'll look right now. I think he's 29, Mosley. But if you look, Mike, he's not someone um, that has the most wear and tear because he basically had two years off. You know, he didn't play um, the first year because he had the injury. 31. And then he didn't play 31, okay. Um, he didn't play for two years, though. So, I don't know. I don't really see Mosley taking a step back. You saw him play great last year. Um, I got the stats right here, Mike. If you look at last season, 158 tackles for our boy. And he Easy played every every single game. And then 2021, 168 tackles for yep. our boy. He had two sacks um, one year, one sack the other year. So, I mean, in Baltimore, his best season was 132 tackles. He's only gotten better on the Jets. Yep. So, as far as next year's goes, I don't think he's taking a step back at all. I love it. I love it. Will Tony Adams solidify himself as a starting safety for years to come this season? Oh, man, I sure hope so. That's been, that's been a hole for us for a while. I mean, I like Tony Adams. I know in the preseason, people were a fan of him, a fan of Trey Dean also. Um, which if the, the thing that I'm worried about is like when you see beat writers and people saying Dean, suggesting, and that just did not happen, Mike, but people that are there every single day and watching every single day, which is not, watching every single day, which is not me, 
saying, Dean, man, he looks like he'd be good. He looks like someone that has an outside chance. You saw people saying an outside chance of starting. And you're like, oh, God, wow, that's crazy. So in my head, I'm like, man, maybe Adams isn't all that then. <laughs> you know, when you, when you see things written like that, um, I think Whitehead's locked in. You know he's going to get the shot at the beginning of the year. But I do know that we don't necessarily have a rotation of safety. But Ashton Davis will play a lot. Um, we have Amos. We have some decent guys behind him. I think that Joe, I think that Salah is going to take that first month, give him a chance to start that first month, and then see what's up after that. But I don't – it's hard for me to say, man. I would I would hope he'd be the guy. But safety is so hard to predict. And all these guys are so similar level-ish behind him and around him that I don't know if he really has separated himself from the pack, Mike, to say he's going to be the guy for long term. Okay. Very good, quite, very good answer. I appreciate that. Will Sauce Gardner – establish himself as the unquestioned cornerback one in the National Football League? What I would say, what I would say to that question, Mike, is he already did it. I don't care if he's a rookie. You got to say whatever the hell you want. If he was 29 years old and not 21 and just had his season last year, he would have won defensive. He would have maybe won defensive player of the year. So I think nobody like who's the, I know people will go, there's other corners that are great. Other corners that were high ranked on PFF. But when you look at last year, what he was able to do, when you're the highest ranked corner in the league as a rookie, that means you're better at it's like walking into your job the first day and you're a salesman and you have the most sales and guys have been there 25 years. They're like, what is this? They're like, are you kidding me? They're like, what is he going to do on day two when this, this, this guy comes in? So I think Sauce was the best last year and now he's better. And the, the difference but behind him, maybe guys could catch up. I don't think anyone's even close to Sauce. And I think you see a sauce commercials. I think he's branding himself well. When you hear the kids speak, you look at his grades in college, man, he's a sharp kid. Don't let the bling. He's a young kid. I get it. Someone that can fool us older people. He's a sharp kid. He knows football. He has a good brain in his head, man. Um, I think that kid is going to be, I mean, I'm ready to sign him to an extension now. <laughs> give, him, give him a tenure. You know, I mean, I, that's how much I love sauce. Probably the best draft pick in my entire life. Um, Sauce Gardner. So yeah, Mike. I, I think right now, it. as we speak, he Sauce is now is already the dumb unquestioned. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Keith, how many games is uh, Makai Becton going to start? Ooh, that's a tough one, Mike. Imagine. Should I just go half glass full and just say seventeen? Because we know, we know that's probably not happening, right? Um, we know. Look, he's starting the season off healthy. He's starting the season off with a lower weight than he's been in the past, right? Um, we're hoping that his conditioning issues when it comes to the cardio factor, which year one was his main issue, Mike, wasn't necessarily injuries. It was he he would need a breath. He was out of breath on a big drive when it's a 10, 11, 13, 14 play drive. He had to come out of the game as a rookie and it happened all the time. Um, I'm not going to say 17, but if the Jets are going to be successful this year, they need him to play as many games as humanly possible, Mike. So let's just say he misses one game. I'm going to say 16. Oh, I'm going to say this kid really this year. Happy. Look, That's look, awesome. injuries, injuries are for some, you can't predict them. We have all had injuries. We're not even athletes. A lot of us have had injuries, right? So it's hard to predict sometimes, right? But I think this kid, I didn't like how he handled himself in March and April when he's complaining about the Jets. No one cares about him when he's pouting. Didn't like it. But I do like how he's handled himself the past two months. Okay. It's almost like. Mike, it's almost like Aaron Rodgers came in the building. It's like when all the little kids are yelling and acting up and the teacher walks in. And you're like, oh, like he's doing all this. Oh, the Jets don't care about me. Nah, nah, nah. Whining, whining, whining. Now Rodgers is in the building. That all stopped. You didn't hear nothing from him. All he did was go out, practice, play, earn a spot on the starting rotation, which is what he did. So I think if this kid wants to have a good future in the NFL, he has to play this whole year. And that's probably no. where I'm thinking that has to be where his head's at, Mike. 
you know Rich Samini just dropped a nugget on his podcast why he kept playing left tackle at the starter training camp was a direct order from his doctor because they said he needs to play left tackle because the right knee was the one that was was surgically repaired. He needs to play left tackle to strengthen the muscles okay. in the right knee. If he started off at right tackle, it could blow it. Oh, so, so, so that's why they started him with left. And then after a couple of games, there were still struggles on the right and, and they felt that he was ready. He moved in and then he won the spot. So yeah. I was very happy about that. I think that's going to really affect our run game from well, a Mike, run think about perspective. This. Oh, that's such a good point. I meant to say this before. I didn't say it, Mike. I just totally forgot. If when we played the Bills, look, Makai Becton, whatever, he will destroy people in the run block. And that's he was right. tremendous, tremendous as a rookie. And the right side of our offensive line right now is Elijah. ABT and Makai Becton. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. That's pretty strong. I like that. Yeah, so I, I said, it, when we go versus the Bills and we're talking about the run game, I mean, they're good against the run. But that's, that's, a, that's two big boys on the right side of the line, two very talented players. So that could be a huge advantage for us this year moving forward. Absolutely. And so you're going to have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. My question there, at the end of the season, which running back will have more rushing yards, Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall? I think by the end of the year, it's hard to answer just because the, the the beginning of the year here, we don't know what the Brees Hall usage is going to be. But the Jets play against some good – I think – this is why I think Brees Hall will finish with more yards, Mike. Even the beginning of the year when they're not using Brees Hall the most, the teams the Jets are playing, a lot of them have good defenses. So even if, even if there was no Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook was the only running back we had and we knew he was getting 20 touches, it's still hard to get a good game against a team like the Bills, a team like the Cowboys, you know? I mean, these, these are good defenses. And I think by the time Hall's back 100 and you look at the schedule, the rest of the year is easier defenses for him to rip up. Yeah, so I'm not saying it's the Jets' intention. So I have to look at it like, um, I think Dalvin will get the lion's share of these carries at the beginning of the year, Mike, and they'll be against the tougher defenses. And then even if it's Mike, even if it was 50-50 the rest of the year, um, I think Hall has a chance to have more yards. I think his yards per carry will be a little bit better. He's probably a little bit faster. This Dalvin Cook still ran 23 miles an hour last year, guys. He's not slow by any means. I'm sure his 40 time would still be ridiculous. But Brees Hall, if he's healthy, he's high-end running back speed. Um, you know, and I, both guys bring so much to, to the passing game, too, which I can't wait to see. Both are great receivers. But I do think if, if things go the way we want as Jet fans— yeah. I don't think it'd be I don't think Dalvin, I don't think Brees Hall would rush for twelve hundred yards and you know cook four hundred. I think it'll be pretty comparable. But I think it might be a breakdown more like the way you see with the Packers, Mike, where you saw last year um AJ Dillon had about eight or nine hundred yards and then a Jones had about eleven hundred, twelve hundred. I could see that okay. for the Jets because I think once Hall comes back those final 13, 12 games, if he's getting fifteen carries a game, I mean that guy's gonna get eighty yards every single game. Yeah. I mean, and if you're giving Dalvin Cook six or seven He's the type of running back at this point that last year had a lot of explosive long runs. It's a lot like Kenneth Walker. Last year, Dalvin Cook was similar where a lot of really long, he had a lot of 25-yard runs, then a lot of one-yard runs because they're guys that try to hit those home runs. Kenneth Walker on the Seahawks, look look at that last year. Guys, he had the most negative runs in the NFL. But then he'd run an 80-yard run. So you look at his yards per carry, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's great. Like, yeah, he had seven runs in a row where he did nothing. I don't think Brees Hall will get yardage more. I think he'll get yardage more plays, too, than Dalvin Cook. Um, I think Dalvin Cook, even at this age, even though he's older, he'll still he will he, he's had a seventy-five or longer run every year of his career, Mike. Every, so he's that dude, you yeah. know. But I think Hall is a little bit more efficient. I think um, at this point, so I think he'll finish with a better year. Okay, okay. I think that I agree with that. 
And uh, from a receiver's perspective, we've got Superman. We've got our alpha. Bravo, Batman, we're not really completely sure yet. Is the Bravo, is the Batman receiver of this team on the roster now? Given the money that we have, do you think by the end of the season, you know, Bravo's on there or we're, he's still not on that on the roster yet? Yeah, well, that'll be a wait and see because, look, if they – McCall Hardman, I don't think, is going to be anybody's number two receiver on a great team. I don't think I don't think anyone thinks that. I also feel – I feel like Hardman, Mike, and Lazard are both, like, number threes. Like, yeah. neither – you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like – not that they can't emerge, to your question, as the guy at least we look to as number two. Um, I just think that they're both guys that have more of a specific skill set. Right, uh, Lazar is six foot five. He's two hundred thirty pounds. He's going to go up and get the ball. He's probably strong in the red zone, right? And then Hardman's a shifty slot guy. Your number one and number two receivers are the guys that can do everything. That's why they're your number two and number two receiver. Number one and number two receivers. Both of those guys are usually your best receivers. They can run every route. They can play in the slot. They can play outside. They can run down the field. They get yards after the catch. I don't know if we have that guy right now. I love my um, boy Xavier Gibson. I liked him in college. I liked him in the preseason. Um, he's a small guy. Seems like he can do everything. Brownlee's hands, you know, he's giant hands, great player. I don't know if he's the guy either. It's hard to say with those guys. I don't think it's Le- I think our number two option is going to be in Conklin. That's exactly honest. what I was going to say. Conklin's yeah. the guy I think is going to be our number two right yeah, for now, unless we yeah. get another receiver. Agreed. Yeah, that's what I think. I think because I think when you line up against the Jets, Hardman's you have to respect his speed. Okay, you ha- and you have to then you you can't you have to respect the size of Lazard. He's a giant. These, they, they, they present very specific problems defenses have to account for. And yeah. then Gary Wilson, he's just he's a super, he's an anomaly. Of all those players, I think Cole, Conklin's the guy that kind of slips under the radar, and he's going to do it all year. Because yeah. I don't think teams, you can't focus on him that much if you have to worry about some of the other things. And then also the run game, I think you're going to throw the ball prior to the receivers more than you would think, than we have in the past also. So I think they'll be Gary Wilson having one of the, he'll have a, he'll have 1,500 yards this year, I think, Gary Wilson. I don't think we have another. I don't think we have another receiver that's going to have a thousand yards, Mike, or maybe even eight hundred yards. But I think we'll have a lot of different guys with six hundred, seven hundred, and a lot of different guys contributing because Aaron Rodgers has no problem spreading the ball out. But one thing to throw into the mix, like you said, trade deadline, the future, etc. If this year starts, and I mean, you saw versus the Chiefs the other night, Mike. I Kelsey's out, right? They don't have a real number one wide receiver because Kelsey's their number one option. He's out. They relied on, like, now, I don't know why they didn't throw the ball more to our, my boy Rasheed Rice, but they relied on Tony and MBS. And these guys, I mean, they folded. They folded, right? If the Jets go out and play and teams are blanketing Garrett Wilson and and we realize really quickly, wow, we need more options. Lazard's not the dude. Hardman's not the dude. Conklin, Nate, whatever. Then go get a guy because we have the money. Like you said, I'm not saying I know which guy that would be. But if, if there's an opportunity to improve at wide receiver two, I don't see any reason they wouldn't do that. I know you were mentioning Evans, Mike, and he's he's he seems like you. I know you haven't finished. You probably know better than me what the latest is. He doesn't seem happy down there. I think Mike Evans, even though I'm the chat, I did argue with people about Mike Evans and Lazard kind of being redundant because they're same size, similar thing. He's better. He'd be a, he'd be a number two on this team, of course. You know, so no no debate on that. Um, and if they can improve it, this is the there's no don't leave any money on the cap. You, as far you guys want to know? You want to know who I really want, Keith? Oh. I've been on, on I, and I've been tracking this cat for two years now. Okay, I want T. Higgins. They haven't come to a contract extension. They just paid yeah. Burrow insane money. 
If we could yeah. grab him, Keith, if we could grab T. Higgins, yeah, and trade for him and sign him long term. Oh my God, that's that's I mean, that the, that's the guy. I'm telling you, that's the one I'm in love. I'm in love with the idea of that guy on our team. He is exactly what we need. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. like that taller. He's not like Evans. Like you said, Evans and Lazard are more, you know, gold zone, red zone, whatever yeah. target. T. Higgins is not that. T. Higgins is much faster, more elusive, yeah. has great hands. He's like the perfect combination with Garrett. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll step back. Two last questions for you. Is Aaron Rodgers going to get back to MVP form or is he going to be more like what he was last year? You know what? I do look at the teams that Hackett was the offensive coordinator when he was working with Rodgers and he won those two back-to-back -back MVPs before last season. If you look at those squads and the way they were constructed and then you look at how our offense is constructed, very similar. Two good running backs, right, Mike? Those, those Packers teams probably had a better offensive line, so it's a huge, very similar, a oh, huge yeah. variable. So I can't, yeah. I can't discount, I can't discount the variable. But look at the two running backs, both really yep. good. They have yep. the number one receiver. Mm -hmm. We have the number one receiver, Wilson. After that number one receiver, a bunch of whatever, no one knows. That's a, like yep. um, tight end, decent. Like the offenses are very similar. They're run by the same guy. I don't see any reason why Aaron Rodgers can't um, get back to MVP level. Just it depends on how the offensive run, like. I think our best case scenario isn't having him have to throw 40 touchdowns. Right. Uh, I think our best case scenario, I mean, it might sound crazy, is him throwing 30 touchdowns and then Brees Hall also has 10 touchdowns and Dalvin Cook has eight and our running game is super effective too. Yeah. Um, Because no matter how good he is, man, if you become one-dimensional, team's going to be able to shut you down. But I think he'll have a much better year this year. If you look at um, the Packers last year, Christian Watson, he ended up playing, he had a stretch in the middle of the year. He played really, really good. Um, they had Dobbs, who's a rookie. But you look at that receiving horde, they were. And Lazard, and Lazard, like we said, Lazard is a good, he does some things really good. Um, I like Lazard too. But they didn't have a number one receiver or even a number two receiver last year. He kind of was doing his best with what he had last year. Different case here on the Jets. Son. Um, I think this squad right here is more akin and more roster-wise, much like those years he won the MVP. Yeah. So I'm not going to say our boy's going to throw 41 touchdowns, but I think he's going to get above 30. I think he's going to break the Jet touchdown record. I think he'll throw over 4,000 yards, and I think he'll be in the Pro Bowl and be one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Excellent. And that really leads to my last question. How many Pro Bowlers are on this roster? Woo! Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's take a look. <laughs> Let's take a look. Um, Well, I'm thinking C.J. Mosley, Quinn yep. Williams, yep. Sauce Gardner are all yep. making the Pro Bowl, right? Agreed. There's Aaron Rodgers is making the Pro Bowl. Garrett okay. Wilson's making the Pro Bowl. Okay. I um I don't know. Let's think. Let's think. I mean, look, this is an outside shot. If things go how me and you think on offense, Tyler Conklin could make the Pro Bowl. That might sound nuts to you. I don't care what you say. Um, he could be one of the guys that makes it. Um, and DJ Reed should have made it last year. At one of the best corners. Now, I'm not saying he's gonna make it. He's at Pro Bowl level for sure. Our boy DJ Reed. Um, and then when you look at the line. Hey man, any, if any of these young guys flash or play like we think, like I mean, Carl Lawson is a guy who is so motivated to get 15 sacks and prove his contract worth. And I know he took less money to be here. He gave up six million bucks. Kind of, we don't talk about that enough for Carl Lawson guys. Um, Jermaine Johnson's a guy that could make it. When you look at the offense, I think I Dalvin. I mean, look, if Dalvin something happens, could, Dalvin, Dalvin or, Cook or Brees Hall. Right. So I mean, look, there's eight or nine guys in my head I think could make it. Because look, Mike, if if that's Dalvin what I was going to say. I think there's all, maybe 10 guys. 
that could yeah. be eligible for the Pro Bowl on this seat. Eight, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah. Makai Becton plays oh, 17 one. One. games, Keith. ABT. I should have said that one right at the top. It's a great one, dude. Elijah you know Vera Tucker is, he is, at, he plays at a Pro Bowl level now, and he just, he just needs to stay healthy and play the whole season. That's a really yeah. good one. And Becton, Becton, you never know. Becton plays the whole, if he plays the whole season, Keith, like you're hoping he does, and I'm hoping, and all of us are hoping, yeah. he would definitely at right tackle be a potential. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking there's like 10 guys on this team that could make the pro. I mean, that's exciting, man. When's the last time you could do and say something like that yeah. about this this team's roster? I, I, yeah. I love it. Thank you, Keith, for answering my questions. Those were my questions that I wanted to ask you to see where your head is, because I very yeah. much value your opinion. You've been watching this team for so long. You know so much about football. I want to know what you're thinking. It makes me feel better and sleep better at night thinking about the New York Jets. So I appreciate cool. it. I'm so, I mean, all Jet fans, man, we're all so excited for Monday. I'll be out there. I'm leaving at three, Mike. I'll be in the parking lot by four o'clock, tailgating. I'm going to let all Jet fans know, too, give you a little inside information. If you have not been to the stadium yet this year, if you didn't go to that preseason game versus the Bucks, they changed the parking lots. Not necessarily the construction completely, but if you park in lot M where I park, they did block and exit off now but the spots they paved the whole parking lot mike and the spots themselves now have these lines in back of them which gives you about three or four feet of space to tailgate and then you can't go past the line to tailgate which oh, you know, wow. a lot of people and so they just to be more orderly if you go to the games some people will have their whole tailgate scenario in the line where people are driving and cause the disaster just a little heads up for jet fans check it out there early get yourself set up um i know aaron wants us in there for pre-game warm-ups aaron this is what you gotta learn about new york bro all right we don't, he said, I want to hear how loud it is. Bro, we don't come in and cheer and just to be fake. If it's 30 and one and you get a first, you're going to hear us cheering. You throw a touchdown, you're going to hear us cheering. Before the game, you'll hear us cheering. But the fake, hey man, let's just get out there pregame warmups. We don't do that, bro. Like we're going to be outside tailgating, He's drinking. He's been in Green Bay for so long, he doesn't know. <laughs> I know, I'm like, yo, Jet fans, like we're, even, even, Mike, I remember when Mike Piazza's first game I went to when he struck out twice and got booed. And I'm like, this is, this is how it works, bro. Like. We're not coming in. We're all super hyped, but you still got to do something to make us cheer in that game. I'm not just going to come in and cheer in warm-ups, but uh, that was funny. They're giving out the um, wristbands, Mike, the LED wristbands, like a Taylor Swift concert that'll all be somehow coordinated to music. They've never, oh, what are they ever, all they've ever given out is towels. Jet fans, that was up. They've given us towels. That's it. So the new year, I think even the Jets are, Jets are more uh, motivated. The Jets front office is more motivated. So I can't wait to get out there in MetLife, Mike. Next week, um, we're going to try to do the show right after the game on Mondays. Not, yep. not literally, but maybe Tuesday or Wednesday night we're yep. going to do the show. So we'll be back with you guys in a few days, chopping it up. I want to thank I want to thank all you guys all the time for always listening to us and supporting us. So many options out there, so many podcasts, so many people you can listen to. Anytime you devote to us, man, we really, really appreciate it. Mike, if anyone doesn't want to get at us and support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We all appreciate all the interaction with you fans during the call. Guys, we're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG, baby. And hopefully, Mike, just like this song you're playing right now, Monday night, triumph for the New York Jets. Let's get it, baby. (laughs) Peace out.